It's National Signing Day across the college landscape, and Locked On has you covered with the latest for your favorite college teams. I'm Jordan Black, and it is time to look at the class for Baylor. Alongside recruiting expert John Garcia, we welcome in Drake Toll for Locked On Baylor. Drake, let's talk a little bit about the quarterback room for Baylor. There's going to be a quarterback battle, and I want to know if the quarterback for next year is going to come out of this recruiting class for 2023. Yeah, Jordan, I think everybody at Baylor really wants to know that right now, myself included, because it's 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 right there in front of you. Blake Shapin is a 15-game starter the last two years who has given Baylor a lot of really solid minutes uh, and given Baylor a lot of really bad heartbreak. And so Bears fans generally are, are ready to move on. But the coaching staff has has ridden him out. They have allowed two or three guys, I say allowed, they, they've seen two or three guys transfer out of this program because they've stuck with Blake Shapin. And now they've brought two guys in and Sawyer Robertson from Mississippi State, RJ Martinez from Northern Arizona. I don't see Martinez making an instant impact, but Robertson could be the guy to dethrone Blake Shapin if this staff feels as though Shapin's just not delivering because a lot of the fans feel that way. And, and you see it, a 6-7 and seven record coming off of 12-2 and two and a Sugar Bowl victory victory with a big 12 title was not what bears fans were expecting. And if you're going to point blame on somebody, they say the most popular guy in town is usually the backup quarterback. And that's what it felt like this year. So if Sawyer Robertson steps in as if there is one crown jewel of this class, it'd be him because he's the de facto four-star QB that everybody wants to talk about. If he's able to step up and make a big impact, not only could he make a spring football QB competition interesting, he could take the position outright and be the guy for the Bears next year. And I think a lot of people want to see that. So much of the recruiting game nowadays is going into the transfer portal. And Dave Aranda usually isn't the guy to do that. So kind of a change in strategy this year. Tell us a little bit about what he did in going to the portal this year and how that makes up this 2023 class. Yeah, Dave Aranda's an old-school ball coach. If you're going to go and look at somebody's Twitter account for entertainment purposes, please don't go to Dave Aranda's. He is, he's not great at the whole bells and whistles there. And, and that's shown in his first two years in the transfer portal where he only took five guys. And then this year he took ten. He's plugging a lot of new holes uh, that the defense has, especially with new v- defensive coordinator Matt Powledge coming in. And they lost ten recruits this offseason. They they lost a few guys to transfer portal as well, and Aranda had to turn somewhere for immediate impact players, and he went to the portal. Finally. We've been waiting for him to go to the portal, uh, and he did it with great success, something that I, I don't know if any of us were really expecting coming into the offseason, but he pulled in guys like Sawyer Robertson, quarterback out of Mississippi State. He pulled in Keytron Jackson coming out of Arkansas, who's going to be a really solid wide receiver for Baylor next year. I love the Barrington brothers, two offensive linemen from BYU. Clark Barrington was someone who I thought could have gone to the NFL draft this offseason. Many were ready for him to do so, and instead he'll start for Baylor next year in the interior of the offensive line. Dominic Richardson, a running back out of Oklahoma State, will likely be your starting running back next year just based on what he's put uh, on film. Six foot, 205, a big Abram Smith-style back. Baylor Baylor's recruiting class is is built by the transfer portal because they lost so many of their marquee guys in the class 2023 out of the high school uh, ranks. And so this transfer class is is what's going to keep Baylor afloat next season. Well, mentioning losing guys, uh, John, that happens for every recruiting class. You're going to lose some. You're going to flip some. uh, But you never want to have as many decommits as Baylor had this year. What do you make of those decommitments and what does it say about 
Baylor and, and just the makeup of what's going on in the Big 12, what do you just make of the number of decommitments um, that Baylor had this year? Well, look, on the positive side, Jordan, it means that the staff is still evaluating at a very high level. You're talking Austin Novosad committed for a year before flipping to Oregon. Uh, Terry and York, a guy who really wasn't ranked when he was committed to Baylor, has a huge senior season. Now he's signed to Texas A&M. Christian Braithwaite, another versatile second-level player. He's off to LSU. So you're talking about borderline blue-chip recruits that Baylor's identifying first among not only schools in the state of Texas, but among Power 5 programs in general. So the identification and evaluation parts of the acquisition processes are great. It's just holding on, holding on for dear life at the end. And, and there's so many factors that go into decommitments. For some, it's waiting on that other offer. Hey, this, this is an opportunity I didn't initially consider. Now it's here. We have to do some due diligence. Sometimes it's just that simple. Other times it's about the on-field product. 2021 uh, Big 12 champs, 2022, not so much. You know, that stuff, that momentum that 21 created uh, tailed off a good bit. And the quarterback position, as Drake uh, so eloquently detailed, has a lot to do with it. So there's there's a, a bit of a turning point or, or, or crossroads here for Baylor on the field, and it does impact the recruiting trail as those 10 decommitments do reflect. But the front end of this thing, this machine, is still operating at a very high level. So it's about that long-term haul holding on uh, longer uh, you know, later in the game, uh, which is really, again, like you said, Jordan, hard for everybody to do this time of year. Alabama, Georgia, all these schools – deal with decommitments just maybe not so many long-standing decommitments like Baylor which again is, is more of a, a tip of the cap than something like you both have mentioned a, a number of guys by name do any of those guys stick out as uh recruits that'll make an impact in your one that will see playing time early Drake we'll start with you yeah, I, I really have liked Matthew Kloffenstein, big tight end out of Arizona. He's a borderline four-star kid who's going to bring an instant impact on the not just the offensive line, but also in the in the passing game. Uh, Baylor likes using tight ends. They used Ben Sims a lot last year, and Ben Sims is gone. So where's his replacement? Could very well be six foot five, two hundred and twenty pound Matthew Kloffenstein. Really impressed with Bryson Washington from Franklin, Texas. State championship athlete, can play running back, can play receiver, can really do it all. Diversity on offense, 5'11", 200 pounds, going to bring another big power option for the Bears. And then sticking with uh, with the offense, Isaiah Robinson, offensive tackle, four-star kid from Arlington, six foot seven, 300 pounds, already has the big build. Baylor's offensive line's got a lot of questions next year. They're going to lose five starters. You've got you got to do something, and they're not only going to lose five starters, but their their quote sixth man the O line is transferred Micah Mascua. So Isaiah Robinson, you don't want a true freshman to start on your offensive line, but might just be the case for that guy. John, who sticks out to you? Yeah, I was going Zay Robinson as well. I mean, he's got to be the guy. We, we talked about. Uh, a lot of contested recruitments that didn't go Baylor's way. This was one that was contested throughout that Baylor was able to hold on to it. And maybe that potential playing time was something he couldn't pass up. But as Drake said, six, seven, 300 pounds, a banner left tackle who moves better than his frame suggests. And I like the polish here. You know, he's light on his feet relative to his size and his frame is one of the best in the country, regardless of position. So while the technical aspect and just adjusting to college football is still ahead for him in terms of seeing the field, the combination of the, the need area there for Baylor and his raw traits, I do think will allow him to see the field or have an opportunity 
pretty much right out of the gate as a true freshman. Stranger things have happened uh, in this sport. And look, he's coming from Arlington Lamar, big time program, plays against elite competition on Friday nights. And we know, you know, the apex of, of high school football in the state of Texas is borderline college, it feels like. So I think Robinson will be mentally ready to go. Any areas that Baylor didn't address in this 2023 recruiting class that they should have, Drake? Yeah, corner, a secondary, safeties, corners. You lost Al Walcott to the transfer portal and Snacks Johnson, both of them going to Arkansas together. So now what do you do to replace them? You you get Isaiah Dunson from Miami, which is a great pickup, but overall you didn't boost your secondary as much as many Baylor fans would have liked, and you didn't put yourself in a comfortable position with your secondary that has plagued you the last couple of years. You are now two years removed from the Jalen Petrie era of Baylor football, and you haven't seen a guy step up and play the role that he was able to. Now, granted, look, he, he's a really good athlete, but that's what David ran to the precedent he set, was these are the guys that I'm going to develop at this university, and you can't really develop them if they're not on the roster. And right now they're not on the roster. Your, your secondary needs a lot of help. Matt Powledge was the safeties coach for Baylor Sugar Bowl and Big 12 run. He is back as the D coordinator, brings a young spark to this team. So sure, maybe there's a lot of development you see in the offseason from guys like Alfonso Allen, who you haven't heard too much from. But right now, I just I don't understand why they didn't get a couple more game-ready guys to bolster that unit. Overall, though, we're feeling positive about next year. Can you give us a grade? Uh, Jordan, if I'm going to give a grade in this offseason, it's probably a, a, a B. And there have been times where it was it was teetering in the C-minus levels because Baylor had lost so many big-time commits. Uh, had you asked me in early December when Austin Novosad jumped ship, he was going to be from nowhere to a top-10 quarterback in this class, was going to be Baylor's greatest quarterback commit ever. And he leaves the day before he was supposed to sign to go to Oregon. So now the world's falling apart. And we're talking about Braithwaite. We've talked about Torian York. Baylor's class was bad at one point in this offseason. And then they went to the portal and they fixed a whole lot of it. They got Robertson from Mississippi State. He's going to be a staple. They got Dunson and Richardson. So, so that's what saved this group was the transfer portal uh, and and if Baylor is going to win next year, they have eight home games. They got a really favorable schedule. If they're going to win next year, they've got to lean on the transfer guys. And the fact you got ten of them, that brings it to a B for me. John, you sticking with a B or got a different grade? Yeah, I'm I'm right on line there. I thought you missed on certain positions. Drake highlighted the secondary. You obviously missed that quarterback when Novosad bolted there at the eleventh hour. Didn't bring in a running back from the high school ranks either but you compensated with the portal at both of those positions. But I think quarterback bringing in multiple guys was really important here for Baylor because almost no matter how this QB battle shakes out, you're probably going to have another exit into the portal, maybe as early as the spring window when it opens back up in the month of May. So bringing in multiple guys, I think, was, was really important for sustainability. And who knows? Baylor could dip right back into the portal looking for another QB before all is said and done. But I thought being in the state of Texas, you could grab a late high school addition at the position. But it just tells you how comfortable and set they thought they were with Austin Novosad. I remember Yes, Oregon flipped him late, but before that, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Texas A&M, everybody was trying to flip this kid unsuccessfully. So Baylor had a reason to be confident in holding on to him, but obviously the Ducks uh, were, were too much to pass up in the end after a late visit and, and the relationship he's long had with uh, the new Ducks OC, Will Stein, who comes from the state of Texas.